Accessibility has become a major talking point in the FGC, especially over the last few years, and is a concept that needs to be approached extremely carefully by developers. We dig into the details of the most important do's and don'ts for this particularly hot topic. Plus, Capcom releases a new video content usage policy, and we examine how using big data is a must for our genre moving forward, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. And I know what you're all thinking right now. I look different, and that's true. I shaved a uh, significant part of my facial hair, uh, oh. <laughs> and it's and it's weird to me at the moment. I haven't done this in years, but we're about three months out from the wedding, and Brittany wanted to test some <laughs> some different looks, and we're uh, you know we have enough time. I wanted to ask you, put you on the spot here. Because uh, I know you have some uh, some pretty good facial hair. Have you ever really messed with it in recent times? In, not in recent times, but when I shaved it like back in my early 20s, mm-hmm. uh, a year ago, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, um, I looked like I was like 13 years old mm-hmm. or something like that. And so I just I keep it now. I'm embracing my age, uh, you know, my my 25 years of age here. Um, and um, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm good with it. But it's also it's it's cool to try different things out. Right. Just in case you find something that sticks really well. Right? Sure. Sure, sure. I I don't have the strongest jaw in my own opinion, mm-hmm. but I kept the I kept the goatee, but I got rid of uh, all the stuff on the sides, the connectors. So uh, it's a little different. It's, it's okay. I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, what I'm not so sure we're all excited about right now, though, is the big news that came out this morning that's going to affect a lot of people in the FGC. How much so? Who knows? Because this is crazy, weird, different waters. But Capcom came out with this whole new video policy um, mm-hmm. in which the, basically content creation guidelines for the likes of YouTube and Twitch and all this stuff, like what are you allowed to do? What are you allowed to show? What are you not allowed to show? And there's a lot of potential for like well really mixing things up because the FGC walks in these kind of avenues so often um, but I'm just waking up here and getting on you have been looking at this in a little more uh, with a little more depth so what are we seeing here yeah it's to give this a little bit of background here I mean obviously my past is very heavily on the content side of stuff uh, I've worked fairly closely with a lot of the big content creators in the FGC, not like, you know, I'm, I'm hands-on and editing videos or doing anything, but like, you know, just talking with them over the years. And I looked at this and immediately a bunch of alarm bells went off. Oh, no. Right. And, and, but then I looked through it, I looked through the document and I said, you know what? Capcom pretty much got this right. Like shockingly. And, and I say shockingly because I've dealt with Capcom a lot too. <laughs> you don't have to qualify and, that. Everyone here knows exactly <laughs> what you mean. So, uh, the the new rules I will say for streaming are good and they're bad, and there's a classic phrase of it's better to beg for forgiveness than ask permission, and so yeah, it's nice to have clarity on all this stuff, um, but where you could previously operate in some gray areas, you can't fang uh, feign ignorance anymore or fong ignorance. I don't know where I'm going <laughs> with that one, but anyway, you you basically can't claim like oh I didn't know. You know, kind of thing like now, you know, now the the rules are super clear and I know a ton of the top content creators in the FGC who were kind of guilty of knowing that Capcom would not be okay with something that would be with us as well. 
but we did it anyway because the rules didn't say we, that we couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. It's like, uh, we're going to kind of skirt this rule here, you know, and we're going to maybe post this even though we know it's not exactly kosher. Uh, and, and that's the nature of freaking everything. That's how YouTube got started. It's how Google got started. Uh, it's how a lot of companies get started is, is you kind of you kind of skirt the rules and the law. And Capcom's actually pretty good about that. They do like to see a lot of, like they even made the Mega Man fan game where that, that started off as like you know the street fighter uh, uh versus Mega Man game right um that started off as a fan project and that definitely i don't think he got permission or anything like that but capcom saw that and said this is really cool let's put official support on that mm-hmm. and so capcom doesn't always get good credit for like how big of a company they are and how much they work with people like i could never see nintendo doing that ever but capcom did it and it was a really great game like it was it was awesome to see how it was done um so the fact that they put the rules out here and did kind of like a getting with the times, like, hey, this is a modern move. It's very progressive. I, I really do applaud it, but it also comes with like it cuts both ways. This is going to be like something where it's like, hey, you know the rules now and you broke them. That's on you. Mm-hmm. Well, and so what you were kind of getting at, I read through all of this um, and nowhere did it go. Nowhere was I like, oh, that's going to be a huge problem or, oh my gosh, why would they do that? It's incredibly restrictive. Now, given I'm not an expert in all this and maybe there's some fine print here that I'm not picking up on, but <laughs> as far as I can see, it seems like they're playing pretty nice. And this is this is in the context of these recent happenings where we've had all these like Twitch issues with using copyrighted music and basically streaming has gotten far enough along and it's gotten enough eyes and attention on it that it's getting regulated more and more and this seems to be just like the next part of the the, it's kind of nested in these chapters right so it makes sense that we would get here and uh, like the horror stories that you're hearing about what streamers are going through right now um, outside of Capcom stuff just in general uh, it's scary and you're like oh this could be like are are you really gonna call (laughs) are you really gonna call in all of the issues that you've been letting kind of people get by with and now it's uh, suddenly you're gonna ping them for every single one it's like there's a line and where you, it's not efficient to do that kind of stuff anymore anyways i'm saying all that to say i don't see a lot of that here with the capcom video policy and that is refreshing because it'd be a terrible time for capcom to shoot itself in the foot uh it's just healing up from the last couple times it did that and um yeah so but i wasn't i, I didn't have much of a negative reaction to all of this uh, and i i agree that that overall this is not like a terrible thing they didn't do a bad job with it but there's going to be some fringe cases and those fringe cases sometimes blow up hardcore like the whole twitch emoji like thing Mm -hmm. like that's i mean they specifically say like they don't want people doing that and one of the reasons they don't want that is there is a whole business model around twitch emotes that capcom wants to you know capitalize on and i don't blame them for it they're they've built up this ip they've invested millions or billions of dollars to make this ip a thing and, and so you could look at, let's say, you know, Smug's Twitch channel or whatever, and he's got some Dudley emotes on there. You can't use them anymore. And you've been a big time subscriber and supporter of Smug. And all of a sudden, something you're used to doing all the time, you can't do it anymore because Capcom said no. That Those kind of stories have blown up in the past, like on a Kotaku, on our website, other places, and become a thing. So it's not like Capcom is completely, you know no blood on their hands whatsoever here but i also get it what you just said this is an evolution of where things were and what they kind of should have always been but the companies weren't so super progressive and it didn't know exactly how all this stuff would work right i think this is just the way progress kind of functions in any in any kind of instance like this 
Yeah, and I will say one of the big things that, that and I don't want to hit this too hard because we're really unsure, but we d- did talk about it. Uh, on the website in Dream King in, in Dakota, uh, uh, they did great research for the story, like they always do, and they highlighted one thing that could be a major point of contention in there, and it basically says that match footage might legitimately be an issue with Capcom by the letter of the law here of what they've put up, hmm. and that would be one of the major wow, like it's no longer okay to grab like CFN replays and just post them raw. Like you need commentary or you need some kind of uh, artistic expression on those. You just can't do footage. That would be a pretty big shot in the foot. Like I get it. Maybe Capcom's not even going to bother with that. But if you do read over the post, that is one of the major points of contentions that that could be a thing. There are some YouTube content creators that are sweating bullets right now, man. Because if they, I mean, then, then that's not surprise to anybody, right? But like, uh, it's the compilations of you know here's a fast perfects from Street Fighter Five or uh, you know like angry angry compilate whatever and it's just match footage of interesting and themed you know happenings in, in Street Fighter games or whatever and that might be going away and there's a lot of people in the FGC that kind of just do that so yeah. Ugh. There's there's going to be some very upset people and again it, it's this is as you say it's what progress looks like uh, it's sad but true you know. <laughs> Yes, get your daily dose of Metallica here. <laughs> we we it's so funny. Uh, you bring that up, but we we've got a uh, one of our chat rooms is called the Unforgiven Chat, and uh, it's like because it, it it's, it's such a history and stuff there. But how the references just become these goofy things that that take on so much meaning and whatnot. But anyway, I, I'm so I glad you brought that up because I want to talk about the album cover of the album Load. Just kidding, but you should look it up <laughs> oh, uh, or don't. No. Anyways, moving on. Uh, something that I oh, so I wrote an article. Gosh, it would have been last Friday about uh, the big looming subject of accessibility. Here we are in 2021 and we're looking at like, well, I'm spoil this a little bit, but we're talking about things like what's coming after Tekken 7. Majin Tin Shinhan's working on a piece like that. And we've talked about, well, what's coming down the pike for Street Fighter 6 and what's that going to look like? The new Guilty Gear is on its way out this year, given that all things go as planned. And uh, so we're, we're at this kind of turning point in the FGC where we're our eyes on the horizon for what's coming next. And this discussion about accessibility for the fighting game genre has been very prevalent in recent years, understandably so, right? Because the problem with our genre or a problem with it has been that it's kind of demoralizing for newcomers in that they're not getting those dopamine dings that so many other uh, genres and styles of games have just, I guess, more easily given out, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of that is based on what I think is an antiquated point of view of it, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, I I think that what I want to dive into here is where developers are at with their priorities as they develop a game. Yes, fighting games need to have attention to accessibility, and I don't want people to hear that term and go, Oh, it's, it's automatically bad. It's not. It does need work. Where I want to specifically hone in is accessibility in terms of mm, artificially closing the skill gap. I think if you're doing uh, that, it's the most dangerous thing you could possibly do. Yeah. And I do want to give people an example I think that holds up really well of of some things being made to be easier that I think the community is super embraced and been good with. And that would actually be uh, V-triggers and V-skills, not them like what they do, but how they are executed. 
with them being a simple two button execution thing, it's like when I'm when I'm playing with my son who's you know 13 years old and stuff, he doesn't have to worry about doing a double fireball motion and hitting a button to have something cool happen, right? He can hit two buttons and boom, all of a sudden he's got a giant explosive V trigger to work with, which is very cool. You know, X Factor and Marvel Three, you hit the four buttons or three buttons, I forget what it was, um, and um, and then boom, you've got a really cool explosive mechanic that you can play with and do. I don't think, and, and I, w- I want to take people back here. Like, there was a moment in time where people are like, look, like, supers are incredibly powerful. Back in Super Turbo, they were extremely powerful, and they were locked behind a pretty heavy execution requirement. Back in the day, doing a double circle motion was a big deal for a lot of players. They were not used to it, it was a huge thing. And, but they felt supers were somewhat well-balanced because they were behind that double fireball motion, right? Well, now you go into this modern era and all of a sudden you don't have that double fireball motion. You have two buttons. Is that going to be too powerful? But I think that the community can collectively see that that has been fine. Like you can have that done if it's done correct. If it is balanced, yes. Exactly. And so I wanted to give people a tangible example of like, you know, something that can be done well um, and not be locked behind this crazy execution requirement. Yes. And so what I think you're getting into is something like, well, <laughs> execution, you just said it. Um, and and I don't have issue with that. In fact, if you want to put dial-in combos and things like that, there is a place for them. Um, I guess the, the metaphor that I've been going with, and I think I can continue with it here, is something like climbing a big mountain. Like to say there's a Mount Everest and that's the that's your game, right? Well, there's a difference between climbing up that mountain and, and really getting into it and then also just making things intriguing at base camp. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, we want you to come in here and, and, and sample it out and feel just like feel it out. Experience the beginnings of this game. It's like if you're trying to get newcomers to stick with it, then then you just need to make that initial experience fun. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And we're already seeing some wonderful examples in the fighting game community uh, Mortal Kombat is they, they tend to be the, the go-to example for a lot of this stuff these days yeah. and good on them um, for making things fun in the initial experience the misconception though is that new players need to win to have fun they need to win in order to feel like coming back that's mm-hmm. super super dangerous yeah and it goes back to a lot of old school approaches with stuff and when i say old school approaches um uh, you did an article not that long ago that talked about how street fighter alpha was made to cater directly to people who were getting blown up in arcades Mm -hmm. and that was more of a problem back in the day but it's not as much of a problem now and 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 it's really asking fighting game developers to have less antiquated approaches to stuff and say look it's a whole new era of fighting games. Don't take those old school approaches and, and try to translate them so heavily anymore. Like we're good. Like that's not as much of an issue. It, yeah. Yeah. There it is. Well, the, and then the messaging in that uh, in that article more specifically was that we're not playing in arcades anymore. It's not like the best player is the one that's staying on the machine. And if I want to even begin to explore it, I got to take the time to get to the arcade, bring a finite amount of quarters, spend uh, you know a bunch of time in line, get up to the front, work on trying to get one Hadouken out, get my ass completely kicked, and then have to go back to the back of the line. Yeah. I can see why that might be demoralizing. Of oh, course. It was, it was insane. Back- I mean, I can speak from experience because I did that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I was I was insane. You know, like I I built a freaking fighting game website because of how much I love fighting games, right? Like 
there's, I, there's I was people an, with passion that will do it, obviously. Exactly. But you you don't want that to be the casual gamer experience. And so we get why that stuff existed. But also on the same same token here, uh, paha pun, I guess. Hmm. Um, but, Ten um, points. <laughs> yeah, I really unintended half the time, I swear. Uh, but uh, um, anyway, that it's, it's a very different era. And we're trying to help these companies get more with the times. Mm-hmm. Like much more progressive in their approaches. Like we just, we complimented Capcom on being fairly progressive with the stuff. It, but we also have cited it is a double-edged sword with their their new content policies. We get there's going to be problems with it, but we would much rather have new problems than repeating the same old mistakes again and again. Right. And so people are no longer playing the king of the arcade when they first jump in. More like they're jumping in and they're playing online, you know, and that's with people that are, save for the occasional smurf that's shooting up through the ranks and that's going to happen, but whatever. You're playing with people that are around your skill level and that's totally fine. You can explore the space with people of similar levels. And if that experience is fun, that's what's going to motivate you to continue on further. It's like, oh, well, I've been having fun with these basic sequences and such. Well, maybe I want to go and delve further and maybe I want to start scaling that mountain. Now I've been having fun at base camp. I'll start scaling the mountain because I've been having such a good time here. And you can do that in a lot of ways. The the initial fight, just fine. Uh, single player modes. Man, I spent hours in the Mortal Kombat 11 crypt just go, going around opening up stuff that, that matters not at all in my life. Like, oh, I got Sonya's headband, so now I can go and put it on the statue and open up the cave so I can open up more boxes to open up more boxes. It's like, duh. But hey, man, the dopamine drips are real, and that's one of the great ways of doing this. You know, we have plenty of examples. Look at all the phone games and all, all the games that have been created over the last 10 years are good at that kind of stuff. So anyways, though, I want to focus more specifically on the competitive side and the significance of what I think fighting games as a competitive entity are foundationally based on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm agreeing. Yeah, I, I'm this is uh, you got me a rapt attention, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm wanting to hear where you go. So, so, so yes, I want to get onto like, why do we do this kind of stuff in the first place? And this is this is competitive fighting games. This is professional sports. This is when we watch people at the Olympics. What you're doing when you are um, uh, doing competition like this, especially in front of an audience, it's like, why do we like the people that do this well? Because we want to go and we want to see people push past the limits that we have established. We want to see the the gymnast go out there on the on the on the you know at the Olympics and do the most amazing things with their their body that we can't even fathom trying to do on our own and push past the limits and break the world record, right? Mm-hmm. Because the kind of person that can do that, the reason why it strikes like a foundational chord in us, it's like built into our DNA, is because that person is the one that's able to train themselves, refine themselves enough to go away from from the society that's that's already established. Like you have a city, right? And it's got its protective wall around it. That person can go out and push beyond the walls of the city and go out to the dark forest of, of the unknown and venture into there and venture into the dangers of the dark forest. But the 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 bonus of that, that the gain from that is that they find potentially new tools, new information. They fill out the map and that's for the whole rest of the society. So when you see someone 
just push beyond the limits. When you see Michael Jordan jump from the free throw line and slam dunk a basketball, it's striking that chord with you. And that's why we enjoy this kind of a thing. I showed my mom Evo Moment 37 a few years back. My mom's not a huge fighting game you know, follower. She appreciates whenever we have a conversation. All I did was kind of lay out what the significant points of that would be so that she could appreciate what was going on. So, you know, this is how chip damage works. This is how much, you, you know, this is what it is to parry. And, and it was in this really intense Evo battle with all the pressure on and all these people watching. And, and then I showed her. And then watched it for a few seconds. And as always, my, my I've got goosebumps and the mm-hmm. hair on my arm is standing up as I think almost everybody in the FGC feels when they watch that with any kind of intent. And I look over at my mom, who's not a fighting game person at all, and she has tears in her eyes. Not oh, streaming wow. down her cheeks, but she wow. has tears in her eyes. Now, I've just barely introduced this. Why? Because she saw this and it resonated on that basic level. She saw Daigo push beyond the limits of what we as a community thought was widely possible. No one had done that Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Most of us hadn't even thought about it as a thing, right? But Daigo pushed the limit there. and, And now it's the most famous thing to happen in competitive fighting games ever. Competitive uh, esports. It's the number one moment, I believe, in all of esports. And maybe something has has, has um, taken that over. But I mean, I, as far as I know, and it came from fighting games, mm-hmm. right? It came from the, the granddaddy of esports. I believe uh, uh, fighting games may even be considered the original esports game. Don't quote me on that one. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's... You know, they, they had um, esports competitions for fighting games. Uh, I, no, actually, I know they had them like for Space Invaders and stuff, other stuff. So definitely not not the granddaddy, but one of the granddaddies. It's a big games, deal, right? and a lot of yeah. people recognize it. There's a reason why Moment 37 has the gravity yes. that it has. It's why every time you watch it, you get goosebumps. It's why my mom's eyes swelled up with tears. There's a foundational... Um, example. It's like, that's what we're watching when we watch LeBron play, when we watch Michael Phelps swim. And so now... And and, and developers can get in trouble there, though, because they make a game too hardcore, and that was a problem with Third Strike, right? Where it's like, okay, well, we want it. This has to be what the game is, and that's a problem as well. You you can't make the game that unapproachable, and this is what you're getting at, right? Mm -hmm. You you can't make the game where it's like, okay, you have to play at the Daigo level to compete. No, you want to have some basic stuff in there, some foundational stuff that lets the average person go in there and, and and I can't compete against LeBron James and I, I would feel I, I would feel so bad for him if I was able to do anything against LeBron James. And I know I could not. He would destroy me every which way, right? But if the if the developers of basketball made it possible that I could do something if on LeBron they gave James. You, oh, this is part of my notes. I'm sorry. If they gave you. Okay, so now we're in John versus LeBron James one-on-one. Now, what if they're like, okay, so we're giving you a special ball. You both can use it. But every 15 seconds, because it's on a cooldown, you can throw the ball up in the air. And then there's a little watch that you have and you can control the ball in the air with like heat seeking so all you really have to do is get far enough from lebron throw the ball up where he can't reach it and then press the button and you can score some points too he's probably still going to beat you but hey you're going to score a whole bunch of points wouldn't that be fun no, it feels like I'm cheating. It feels like I'm I'm cheating and I'm getting cheated. Like it's it's when you're playing Mario Kart and everyone has freaking <laughs> done this. Everyone because everyone everyone plays Mario Kart, 
but not everyone admits they play Mario Kart, but everyone freaking plays. Mario Kart was at an Evo. James sales, Chan, man. I think, Look at those won. Sales. <laughs> yeah, like every it, Mario Kart's a huge freaking thing. It, whether you, it's like the biggest guilty pleasure ever, man. It's great. But any, okay, so you're in first place in Mario Kart, and someone gets a freaking blue shell because the red shells weren't bad enough. Nintendo added a freaking blue shell that just auto kills you, and just that feeling of being cheated is terrible. It's terrible game design. We don't want the blue shells and fighting games don't put them in there Capcom and we do see the blue shells in here sometimes we do feel like the games get cheated where the 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 wrong things are getting dialed up to the point that give casual people way too good of an advantage and uh, it's, it's disgusting it would it would be I, I would love to do that on LeBron James but at the end of the day I would love to earn that versus just have it happen for me exactly like, and if you spent say like say you set aside five years where all you did in your life was train to be better at basketball in every way you could and then you one-on-one -on -one with lebron james still probably gonna lose but i would much rather watch and see what happens there because i want to see your progress i want to see you yeah. climbing that mountain and and pushing past your current limits it's not just who gets to the top and breaks the world records that's amazing and great but we also watch competitive uh, um, you know fighting games and, and otherwise at not the top levels because we want to see people progress we want to see them break through and get higher and higher up this mountain what we don't want to see though and and I'm not saying that fighting games have absolutely done this they haven't made just a button where it's it's like flipping a coin and being way too easy for anyone to come in and beat anyone that hasn't happened uh, completely, but to the degree that the developers have this as a priority in their design is going mm -hmm. to directly hurt their game. It's going okay, to water John, things down. John, you're talking like way too much like freaking theory and other crap like that. Like, give me an example. Give me a freaking example uh, of this actually happening because you're talking about all this crap and it's like, I don't even see it happening. Like, where's, where, where is this example that you're coming up with? Well, um, so one of the places that I have to look is in Street Fighter V. And the reason why I go back to this so much is one, because I play it, but I keep having these emotional responses. There's something of truth in there that I that, that's, that keeps irking me. And so if it's still there after these five years now going, starting on six pretty soon, um, there's something significant about it. And, and we've talked about these kind of things quite a bit. I think it's, it's mostly in the way, it's in the risk and reward, the balance, and a lot of it is, is V triggers and the way some of them function and such that just make it so easy uh, or make like you could spend so much work getting, you know, making the most intricate decisions and, and putting this plan out or you can, you know, get lucky with something and the results are the same, something along mm -hmm. those lines. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying the Street Fighter V, again, has completely gone off the deep end, but I'm saying it's, it's in this game, and we're feeling it in this game, and we're feeling it in others. And um, there was an, uh, an interview done with Ono back in early part of 2020, and that was the U.S. Gamer interview. A lot of you guys probably have uh, read it, and we, we featured it a few times on the front page. But they directly asked him about this. Uh, I'll just read this straight out to you. It says, um, upcoming games like Guilty Gear Strive have highlighted accessibility. How do you think Street Fighter fits into that? And do you think more could be done to get newcomers into the series without losing what makes Street Fighter great? And then Ono responds saying, Acquiring new users and a new audience are important factors for many industries, not only with gaming. With fighting games, and listen here, a player's skill level is an important element for them to have an enjoyable experience. At the same time, we understand that this factor is also the reason why some people 
uh, feel less enjoyment when playing fighting games. I believe this factor is what makes fighting games unique from other entertainment counterparts. The fact that, um, oh, and there's another part here. Our approach to this is to make sure that all players can understand and increase their skill level while having fun too. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Um, but the fact that Ono immediately goes to this idea of skill and that there needs to be some kind of a, 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 an attention to a player's skill when it comes to the, to the developers themselves makes me very wary. I don't think that the developers should be operating in this space. I think that they should be creating a balanced mix of risk and reward so that people can flesh out their skill. And and there are p- parts of this where I go, okay, so you want people to be able to recognize when they've put effort in and when then they see the effort come out. Like, I agree with that. But if you're messing around with the skill gap, get the hell out of here. That is yeah. incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it is. It, it's basically like you're playing with fire, right? It, it's like you don't need to play with fire. You can go on these other ro- routes that, one, you you have not explored enough yet. And, and two, they're not nearly as freaking treacherous as what you're... Yeah, you could pull that off, but why are you even doing it to begin with? It doesn't make any freaking sense. Like, don't try to mess with the skill gap. The skill gap should exist. And... and I feel like there's been an ironic... Um, result here with Street Fighter V because you and I have talked about this and, and Dream King is almost always part of these conversations too but we've been trying to hammer down what the hell is it with this game and you brought up an interesting point that it's like well you need to look at it that you need to take a step back and stop you know focus it's more about the decisions you're making yeah. and and there is a way the better player does often win at street fighter five yes. you know you don't see joe schmo just showing up in capcom cup every year so it's not like it's completely broken in in the ways we're talking about but i would say with street fighter five it's like something like the the level that you need to be in order for it to matter to manifest for us to see your skill needs to be somewhere in like the top one percent of players where if you're outside of that it's all kind of the same it all kind of blurs together if you're a top 10 percent or a top 40 percent either one could win too often and you can't see your skill and and so it's like you know, with what well, you're saying no, here, I'm Mono, gonna, I think you already uh, screwed up on that with five. Go ahead. I, I have to interrupt because I disagree heavily with the percentages you just give, but I don't disagree that fundamentally that is 100% an issue. Comparatively <laughs> to other Street Fighter games or other yeah. fighting games where I don't, and maybe it's not 1%, maybe it's the top 10%, I don't know. Yeah, it, but it, it used to be that if you were at a certain level, like in Street Fighter 4, you weren't losing very often. It happens, yeah. but you weren't losing very often to the group below you. And, and we could speak to like 50 and we have, we, we could speak to 50 different reasons why that's the case. Right. And we've done that. But now we're talking a lot to me about a mindset here, mm-hmm. a mindset of the developers of if they're looking at quote unquote, decreasing the skill gap and yeah, you can do it, but man, there's a super high difficulty on it. And you're, as I said, you're playing with fire. Why would you do that? Why would you even look at doing that? And honestly, I think that comes back to Ono. And I think that's Ono making very poor decisions going, Hey, look, this needs to be a thing when it doesn't need to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if all the people at Capcom supported that idea. And I can tell you from speaking from some of the very high level people who work there, some of Ono's choices were not well thought of at all. Outright, firmly, hardcore, freaking disagreed with where it's like Ono does not know what he's doing in this regard. I so heavily disagree with them. Now, Ono's not there anymore. 
that 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 punching bag of Ono is, is gone. And, and again, I really do love Ono. I will always have so much respect for him for what he did for fighting games, bringing him back and stuff. Doesn't mean he was perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And but now that 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 excuse of Ono screwing stuff up is gone. Mm-hmm. And now you gotta get you gotta get real. So when Street Fighter Six comes out, art, you know what? Not even freaking Street Fighter Six. Street Fighter Five. The next season is coming out with major balance adjustments. You don't got Ono to blame no more. This is on you. This is on you coming soon. You don't get to say, oh, it was Ono. Ono's been gone for a long time now, relatively speaking. You've had plenty of opportunity to tweak this game in your image. What are you going to do? And and people might be going, hey, why are you guys like so passionate about Why are you guys so energetic about this? It's like, look, this is our job as a media. We care so much about this freaking game and all the games in the community. We talk about them endlessly. Because we can, we feel like we can help make these fighting games better. Not that we know everything or anything like that, but when we see an obvious problem, we're going to talk about it. And that's why you've you, you've championed this thing. You're like, look, this is an issue and I want to shine the light on it so that the developers look at this closely and give it a fair shot. Not that we know everything, but, but pay attention to this because it's an important thing and here's proof. Mm-hmm. So to kind of just recap this a bit, in terms of that base camp where you're going to have new players come in, make your game fun to play and make it give it some single player modes that are, that are fun and worth exploring. Make your uh, newcomers feel like they have a sense of control. You know, maybe that's like easier inputs. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can have easier execution. And then I I really like the idea of having easy execution that's kind of kind of superficial in that you can use it and you can see your character do something cool and you can feel like, oh, yeah, I want to do that again. Uh, But then maybe Um, there's there's Nick Majin Tenjinhan. He had a really succinct way of saying this. Mm -hmm. And and I I loved it when he said it. And both you and I uh, fervently agreed with him when he did this. And he said, keep your base stuff easily accessible. And, and and I think that was super insightful. And I think that, that history shows you want to give the veteran and new players easy access to the core systems in these games. Like, just do that. Like, the two-button inputs for certain things, they work great. Um but but like when it comes down to like landing a seven thousand hit combo or whatever, mm-hmm. if you make that easy, you are screwing up big time. Don't give you massive wanna, rewards for it. Exactly. You you want to figure out like give everyone access to that base stuff, but don't make that base stuff super highly effective if it's easy to do. And that is a classic case of where V triggers went wrong in Street Fighter Five, where a lot of the the fifty fifty hardcore mix ups that are super powerful, they are not hard to do. And it's very unfortunate, and you have to dance around that the entire time. I've gotten up to like I think I'm at fifty six thousand league points now in um, in Street Fighter Five with Manat, with one of the more technical characters, uh, um, and, and I'm I'm going on like five, six, ten game win streaks and all that kind of stuff. And even then, like even with me winning that much, I still think this is a fundamentally very bad problem in Street Fighter Five. That that V triggers, and, and I don't want to be a broken record here because how many times have we complained about V triggers? But even now, even at the level I'm at, even in that that freaking one percent or five percent of players, whatever the hell I'm at. It's still an issue. It's still frustrating. I don't want to deal with that all the time. Mm-hmm. I can deal with it. I know how to. It's just not fun to deal with that. And ultimately, we, we're playing these games to have a good time. We want to play and have fun. And so, like, don't do that again. And not only that, you can fix this for the next major balance patch that's coming up here in a month and a half. You have a month and a half. If you haven't fixed it yet, you got a month and a half to do so. Freaking do it. Don't make it like it is not that hard. And, and people, oh, you know, maybe it's like so impossible. No, you freaking increase the damage scaling on V triggers by one or two more hits now. And all of a sudden, V triggers are way less of a thing. And we have a better game for it. Uh, that's a very 
freaking easy way to do it that you don't you tease done. me with that don't make oh, me think about those things <laughs> i'm so mad you and i championed that like a year ago and it didn't get done well guess what there's no ono anymore capcom i know you're freaking listening to this podcast we know you freaking follow us like super closely do this change and if you don't do it give us a reason why we love your damn game so much i still play it all the time i love this damn game so much like like throw some freaking bone here people you know, kind of like, <laughs> I, I i'm quoting dr evil now that's how discombobulated i am john please yes get me out so, of here. So, <laughs> i'm sorry i wish you had more passion about this but you know a, um and one one more thing that i, I want to say with this metaphor of this mountain thing it's like I mean, once people start climbing the mountain competitively right and they get to a certain point if you also give people a jetpack that takes them part of the way up the mountain what that effectively does is means that all of that area that the jetpack covers becomes kind of superfluous you know yeah. superfluous whatever my words i'm a writer i know words um and and then it's like you as far as that jetpack goes it's like that's where, where it ends that's the line where it starts to mean something and i think with street fighter 5 that line is pretty high up the mountain so you got to get really far before you're going to start seeing the results of your actual skill and such uh um appropriately manifest based on what you want to see and it's like yeah there's a lot of other games we can go and do where that's going to happen uh, more efficiently. And so, you, you know, people might migrate over to those. So anyways, that's that's the gist of it. I'm really hoping with this next batch of, of fighting games that come through that this is where uh, programmers and developers' heads are kind of at and that they're not focused on making the skill gap smaller. They're focused on making initial uh, impressions good and inviting people back through other means because um, I really think that we have a, a we have a long way to go that we can go in front of us and it it, it could be a very good thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll tease an upcoming segment we've got uh, the next week or uh, you know a little further out. Um, I disagree with you firmly when saying that the next fighting games that come out need to address this. No, the current fighting games out right now need to address this because this is what we have and you guys are updating these games and we're giving them easy solutions relatively speaking to fix it and and the fact that developers i'm like i'm not good enough with, with street fighter 6 having this street fighter 5 needs to have this before that game is done fix the game to where it should have been from the get-go don't blame it on ono don't say ah oh, you know we need to put these resources into street fighter 6 delay street fighter 6 for as long as it needs to be go to the ceo of capcom and say look the event host podcast told us that we can delay the game, <laughs> the millions of dollars and stuff to get it right and to get it good. Make the case for it, though. Um, but make the case that the community is asking for this and wants it done because we do like I love this freaking game, but I know it could be better. So do you guys make it better. We love this freaking game. You love this game despite how much you hate it. It's a love hate relationship with this game that we've talked about. Right. And yeah. it's like we want to play it more. And then that's going to make your next game even better. Mm -hmm. That's going to, you know, and, and we're not talking about the moon and the stars here. We're talking about one minor thing. Dial back how much damage V triggers do. That's it. That they, and if you go about that 50 different ways, just do it. And the game's going to be a lot better for it. Just do it. The game's going to be a lot better for just doing it. John. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yes, Capcom, oh, no. you have the authority of the Event Hubs podcast behind this idea. But I dare say there are a few other avenues of uh, information where you could find evidence that this is a necessary change. We've got a lot of big data. They're doing all these numbers all the time. They're watching CFN. In fact, there's so much information floating around out there that it feels like it could really impact the future of fighting games. Do you want to talk uh, about that? Thank you for setting that up, John. So uh, <laughs> if you guys have not watched the, the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt, I highly recommend it. 
um, for how much that has influenced modern society. And I actually think that that the way big data stats and all this other kind of stuff um, that could work, I actually think that that modern technology can make fighting games better than they've ever been before. That is a bombastic statement right there. Um, and, and anyway, I, I will just say that um, one of the, the funny things I actually had people do uh, here on the website, and this is something Capcom's former uh, current CEO actually had him do, um, is he would have his staff watch movies to get inspired and then go do work on them. And some of the most iconic characters in fighting games actually came out of Capcom watching movies. Yeah. Uh, they directly attributed like Cody and a few other characters to watching like uh, Streets of Fire, right? Uh, and their CEO, he was like, look, I, I need to get these guys inspired in a really unorthodox way. And that inspiration led to some of the biggest characters in video games uh but anyway so i, I don't want to compare myself too much to that because my, my goodness why that's, do you that's... keep making us watch titanic over and over again? i don't get it <laughs> the boat sinks i don't know if you know that john the boat spoiler sinks. Anyway. <laughs> yeah spoilers but oh uh, anyway um uh, moneyball is really cool because it's a two-hour movie that that lets you see how much metrics have greatly impacted our entire society it's not just like oh you know it's a uh, you know bat or baseball and basketball it's uh wall street Mm -hmm. um, it's big modern business. There's a bunch of other things. Um, it is called sabermetrics, but it goes under many different names. And the concept there is basically you use statistics to help make informed decisions in an advanced way. And oh my gosh, sorry, that's a lot of freaking words there. Well, right? okay, so so let me uh, bring this home for myself, or like mm -hmm. kind of put it in a, an understandable box for myself and maybe for other people that are on my level. Because um, I've seen Moneyball, the, the gist of it to me was that it used to be that you'd pick your, your team and you'd assemble your team as a manager based on like, well, who are your heavy hitters? You know, who are the big mm -hmm. guys that are the, your stars? And you want to make sure you get your stars. And then the, the revamp to it and the new process that has now been adopted across baseball is to look more specifics. Like, no, maybe this guy isn't your heavy hitter, but he gets on base this much and you need that yes. guy that gets on base this much and then you need a guy to uh you know to, to just whatever you know the little tiny aspects this guy's really good at first base use him here even though he's not going to be and it's it's much more strategy it's much more detailed and we yes. have all that information now let's use the detailed information to go deeper into the meta no, that's a, a very, and, and that's a succinct and simplistic way of doing it, which people need as a starting basis. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Um, but now to, to get into to actually how this would work with Street Fighter Five is, is, as you said, each month Capcom releases the CFN stats. And they give you a picture of the entire online community of Street Fighter Five. But there's very heavy flaws with the way that Capcom releases that public data. Mm -hmm. Because Kami, Akuma, and Rashid are either at the very bottom of the list or very close to it. And so people are like, look, this is worthless. No, it's not worthless. Because what if you could pull up Akuma stats that say diamond rank yeah. and above and only against other diamond rank players? All of a sudden, you would have a very different picture of how Akuma is performing with the top 5%. And these games are very well, they're heavily balanced around what the top players are doing. Um, do the, the, the lower rank players matter in terms of like how Capcom balances stuff? Yes, it does. But they are mainly balancing from the top end players. And uh, I remember it was uh, it was Seth Killian, I think. He talked to the main developer uh, of Ultimate Marvel 3 after Combo Fiend, uh, who would later work at Capcom. He was using Spencer a lot, and he was doing Spencer's overhead, right? The, and then you know going into the armor piercer and then the huge combos, making those crazy bombastic videos, right? Hmm. 
So um, anyway, uh, uh, that footage was, was showing up there and, and Seth Killian and the, the main developer of, of Ultimate Marvel 3, they were talking and going, is that too good? And they had this huge discussion on if this was, you know, going to be a thing or not. Well, what we've learned with modern sports, modern competitive sports, uh, again, Major League Baseball, and the NBA, if you take data on top of that discussion, you are making better decisions. And and the great part about Moneyball is you'll watch this happen. It's a great story about the Oakland A's. You will see them do this. You will see them not just take the, the numbers, but couple that with their knowledge and experience and use that to just make better decisions than we've ever been able to before. I legitimately mean that. We have access to data that helps us make better decisions than we ever have before. And I want to see fighting games use it. And I do have faith that you bring that up and, and, and I just go, oh my gosh, that would be so great. If we could see, you know, not only the numbers of who's the winningest character, but who are the winningest characters, you know, filtered by Diamond and above or, or Grandmaster and above. Like that's some really juice. As an Event Hub's writer, I'm like, oh, there's so many stories and things I could say and information I could get from that. And I think that the community is just about reacting in the same way. That's a lot of valuable info that it's like, why aren't we seeing it yet? Yes, I, I, yep. I get you there. Um, but what we have seen in Street Fighter V with CFN are are a very uh, a long list of detailed stats, right? If you go into CFN, you can see a player's you know history and you can see some of their tendencies. I think you can even get into stuff like how often they use uh, you know like certain moves or there's there's a lot that I don't tend to go into because I don't know yeah. how awesome those particular stats are but my point is capcom has been looking at things on a very detailed level in other ways and and i think that this is just like they weren't quite there yet when they built this current you know cfn and, and things for street fighter 5 but i would imagine that they have come to this kind of a conclusion already and it would be baked in for the next time in fact it's almost to the point where if it's not there next time you go that was a mistake you should yeah. know that by now given just yes. this current climate and the way things work and the way information goes around if you're missing that you're that's a that's a big whoops on your part and people are because you're going to see it in other games too there's just no way around it and uh, so i think that we will see this kind of a thing um absolutely and i'm excited for it man because yeah. you know honda's not the most winning character in that <laughs> right i'm not so sure we're going to yeah, see this because it, it, i i hope we do um, but the thing about it is even in like Major League Baseball where it was proven to work, there's an old guard there, much like the old guard in the FGC, who's like, we don't need this stuff. We don't do it this way. We don't operate in this way. We're not going to use this great new tool. And there's been a lot of resistance to this, even in, in industries where this is proven to work. And, and the reason how come is like we don't use these method, methods that they, they, they have is because they don't they never have. And so you 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 got to teach an old dog new tricks, basically. And, and that could be very hard for a lot of people. Um, but John, I want to bring this uh, home a little bit for our listeners. And, and can you talk a little bit about how we use data here to inform our decisions on event hubs? And we use it all the time. I don't mean like, oh, it's a part of like, you know, we, we bring it up like once a week or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about uh, not details, but how <laughs> often and, and, and just how big of a part of the conversation the data on Event Hubs is? Sure. Well, I, I think what you're getting into is stuff like, you know, uh, um, SEO and, and things along those lines, looking at the numbers and the way people engage with our stories. Um, I mean, it's the, I, I'm not even this isn't my uh, particular arena, but I we talk about this kind of stuff and I have to be connected to it for, you know, you guys that really dig in. But man, the stuff that you have to worry about, it's like how how much 
how much text before an image and how, you know, what kind of keywords you use. And, and there's a ton of like little tiny things that you probably wouldn't think about, especially as just a casual consumer of this stuff. But man, we're looking at every little thing and saying, you know, like uh, rearrange this here just for the idea to be up here because, you know, that's, that's more effective and that's what, you know, that's what Google wants us to do, all of this kind of stuff. But we are constantly um, having meetings about like, okay, how are, how are people engaging with us and like what stories, what types of stories, what makes this Super Smash Bros. story distinguished from this Super Smash Bros. story? And, uh, you know, how are people talking about Dragon Ball fighters and Street Fighter and Tekken? And, and, and people might be wondering how this manifests here on the website. Like, okay, so you guys do all this stuff and you get more money and all this other like, okay, so whatever. Well, guess what? I use that money to hire more staff so we can do more things. The podcast is a direct result of seeing that there's an audience out here who wants to hear us talk about the stuff in long form. And we've got a good audience that, that listen to us every week. Crazy as it sounds, we actually have a pretty nice audience here. There's seven or eight and people that just every week. Every week, man, they're in there. But, um, um, you know, thousands, th- thousands of people who listen to us each and every single week and, and they're into it. And we're going to grow this further and and. Looking at the data, looking like we're able to hire more staff, we're able to keep you guys on board and all that kind of stuff. That stuff matters. They, they, they you guys have this stuff matters. If Capcom's able to hire more staff members, uh, except for the one guy who worked on CFN, you know, kind of thing, it'd probably be good to have two guys who work on CFN, right? Um, <laughs> I, I really, I don't percent capacity. <laughs> I don't believe that was the case. I think that guy was was hyping up his resume a little bit, but I also don't think that was. Yeah, I, I won't go too far into it because I don't know, you know, kind of thing. But uh, just to, to fill in the blanks there for people who, who didn't hear about it, there was a guy like on his LinkedIn page or his resume or whatever. He put like single handedly built CFN uh, over like a two year period or something like that. I'm like, OK, that is not entirely accurate. But the whole point about what I'm saying about this is if Capcom puts it in there correctly. More people play their games. More people are having fun with them. The balance is better. Uh, the, the dopamine drips you love to talk about that other games do so well, well, they're now they're more prevalent in the fighting game community. That means better games for everyone. We've got a bigger staff. We've got more resources working on this stuff. This is why we're championing it. Not because we think it's a good idea, because we freaking know it's a good idea mm-hmm. from our own experiences. We legitimately do this each and every single day. And so my thing would be, for Capcom to hire a staff member or have someone kind of dedicated basically to stats work. And that's what they do. And, you know, maybe it's like 20 hours of their 40 hour shift or whatever. And they're constantly taking that, that data to the, the Capcom <laughs> You're staff such a members. Boss, right? <laughs> it's like these kind of things. Go yeah, ahead. But yeah. It, it, just, this is a very like kind of behind the scenes kind of conversation yes. that we have. Oh my gosh. It yeah. Out, it's, you. Yeah, it's a, I, I, man, I, I show, I show the cards a lot, don't I? But anyway, <laughs> uh, have, have this person, have the statistician, a statistician take the, the, the data to the Capcom staff members who are playing hundreds of matches a day. And, and, and so like, okay, you guys are playing hundred matches a day, but you know, who's playing a hell of a lot more, all the people online. Now let's figure out how to channel that into useful data for our entire team and use that to make very informed and great decisions. We have done this on event hubs and it has worked for us. SRK basically is no longer in business. We started later than they did and we were able to overtake them for a variety of reasons. Um, not, that's not just the only one. There's a bunch of others, um, but that was one of them. And, and we were smarter than them. It's uh, There's a, a coach I, I follow in the NBA and one of his, his great sayings is that um, the strong take from the weak and the smart take from the strong. 
And I want to see Capcom be smarter about this stuff. And that's why we're championing this. And, and man, it's so often, it, it, it might be crazy to some of our audience out there, but how often you and I uh, and, and, and our entire team will either put something on the website here on the podcast and we see it show up later on. And, and so we're, it's not like, again, we don't have a direct ear to Capcom. It's not like I can call up the new producers of Street Fighter V and be like, man, you guys messed that up, you know, kind of thing. It's a, they, they pay attention to a lot of the stuff that's put online. And, and so that's where we can have influence. And that's how come we encourage all of our, our audience to reach out to us because John and I are t- constantly trying to feed our brains with new information and get better at our jobs. We are, are not sitting here complacent. We want to get better. So if you have a good idea, we want to read it. And then we want to figure out how to get that message out to the entire community, Capcom, NRS, whoever. We're, we're the biggest fighting game website uh, on the planet. Like, we're, there's no one bigger. There's, there's no one even freaking close to us anymore. Um, and, and I'm not saying that to hype us up. I'm saying that we have a lot of responsibility to to take care of our community and do the best freaking job we possibly can. And, and if we stop doing that, someone's going to come in and eat our lunch, rightfully so. We we have a great power, great responsibility. I'm for just freaking quoting everything today. So <laughs> I'm going to shut up there. Uh, that's that's my big stuff. A lot of passion with that. But it, 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 yeah, man, I just want to You know, see you mentioned earlier, and I, I wasn't even going to necessarily bring this up, but it keeps coming up in my mind, so maybe it's worth doing so, that there's going to be a potential resistance just because the old way of doing things uh, is the old way of doing things. But with this, maybe I'm just young enough that I haven't fallen into that, but I don't see where you wouldn't uh, want to start implementing. Like, what Are there any tangible examples of why yeah. you would not do in this particular example, like move on to this new way of doing it? Yeah, the exact uh, segment we just did before this one. Uh, talking about Capcom um, trying to decrease the skill gap and how foolish of an approach that is and how old school of an approach that is. Uh, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Hmm. And and it's just because you've learned a successful way of doing things. And so adding new things in there, taking risk on something you don't know and putting in the time, effort, and energy to do it is hard. And, and it, this is not lost on me that these developers are insane. They work crazy hours. They are very, very, very good at their jobs. Capcom, if you're listening to this, I understand fundamentally how incredibly good at your jobs you guys are. Uh, Capcom, NRS, Arxis, Bandai Namco, and how passionate and great you guys are at this stuff. That is not lost on me. And you guys do not get enough respect. And you were so heavily disrespected. People focus so much on the mistakes you made instead of the the stuff that you do well. That's not lost on me. My apologies for that. Um, but you know, the, the, the 5 million, 10 million, the golden era of fighting games we're in right now should be a very heavy, uh, in, uh, very heavy backing up that you guys do a great job overall. I want to literally... Yep. I want to be able to write about a game with like more excitement and passion than I have been able to, honestly, you know, yep. and, and, and more of a, a, the motivation is not to point out the flaws, but to be excited about the, the, the wins and the positives and such. Yep. And it's like, there's it, that with Street Fighter five, but man, I'm yeah, hoping there's, I can there's do a lot some more in six. Five, there's 5 million copies of this, this game sold as is. It's great in a lot of respects. And and I do think the game is, is really underappreciated for so many things it does well right now. Because, you know, we, we have gotten, unfortunately, into the habit of complaining about the game, I think, too much. 
instead of enjoying what's there. And, and I, I'm very much guilty of that too, even despite how much I love the game, right? Uh, but anyway, I, there's so much here, right? And it's it's not that we, again, I want to make this very clear. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the freaking answers for event hubs and we do it every single day, right? <laughs> like we're working on this stuff. Um, but we do encourage people to broaden their horizons a bit. Try new things out, even if you suck at them. Even if LeBron James comes up and, and dunks on your head 15 times, it's not about comparing yourself to LeBron James. It's about comparing yourself in a vacuum and saying, hey, how good can I get? How much can I improve? Uh, I play Street Fighter Five a ton. I'm not trying to beat Daigo. I'm never going to be as good as Daigo as far as I can see. You know, and I don't want to be as good as him. I've got a whole other set of things going on. But I like the idea of, of getting better in these games. I like the idea of comparing myself to that because I really find a lot of, a lot of growth and joy out of doing that. It's almost like it strikes a fundamental core that's buried inside of all of our DNA or something like that. (laughs) Something like that, exactly. Um, So that's what we're encouraging Capcom to do. And that's also what we're encouraging our listeners to do. This is a way of branching out and trying some new things. And just compare yourself to yourself. You know, don't try to be Daigo and other things like, you know, um, see if you can make real tangible progress. And it's a fun way of doing things. And, and, you know, you might even be able to take the stats on on Capcom's website right now and even do some really cool, like, uh, data correlations and stuff like that. If that hardcore nerdy stuff interests you uh, and and actually run some really nice comparisons. It's You can do a lot of fun stuff with data. Yeah. Yep. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday and don't see yourself as someone who just exists in the mistake that you made. See yourself as someone who can grow and learn and not make the mistake next time. Mm, There it is. All right. Well, I, uh, I think that's all the things that I wanted to say things about. Yep, I, I think I'm good too. I, I man, a lot of energy. I think I had a cup and a half of coffee while I was doing this. Uh. <laughs> well, our intro before we uh, before we started recording, we were talking, and then we we did like our initial coffee thing, and then we actually took another coffee break. So yeah, I, I also have to go to the bathroom now at this point too. So much coffee, so much energy, so much energy. There it is. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. See ya. Perfect.